0: Welcome to It's a Good Life podcast where it's all about helping entrepreneurs think, feel and do better. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Top of the morning to you. Welcome to It's a Good Life and uh, great to be with you here today. We're going to cover how to beat burnout part 2. In our last episode we covered the definition of burnout and we covered the signs of burnout. Today we're going to explore why some people don't burn out. And also, we're going to get into the how-tos, how you can beat burnout. So, I mentioned in the last episode that during COVID, you know, I went into hyperdrive mode. And this is not my first time doing this. You know, I was on the road doing public speaking. In and of itself, public speaking is a big adrenaline rush. There are very few public speakers who've ever had a business. 99% of public speakers, they get paid to go on the road they give a talk. They usually give the same talk. It's an hour. They travel to the next town and they probably do that anywhere from 80 to 100 times a year. And that's typically what a public speaker does. I did the opposite of that. And in the early days, I was on the road 23 days a month. In addition to that, within a year, I was building our own community. And so I was creating new content all the time. So I was building new talks, which is more stressful. And then at the same time, I built a business. And I built a business that coached people and trained people, and that again. So I'm on the road 23 days a month, and then I come home, and I've got this business to build. Oh, by the way, I was also married and with a young family, and starting to build out that family. So I was in the the high tension mode for a lot of years, and I, I made changes and did some things. I for 17 years I had my own private plane, so that I could uh, jet to one part of the country, do a talk, and be home to. Either I have dinner with the family or coach one of my kids in a sporting event to try to keep some semblance of normalcy. But that's burning the candle at both ends, if you will. In addition to that, uh, then there's been things that came along that rocked everybody's world. The Great Recession, for example, was centered in real estate. We had 400, over 400 employees, millions and millions of dollars worth of commitment every month, and all of a sudden the real estate business imploded. And our business got hit hard, hard, hard. We were down to 112 employees by the end of the recession. And so, again, big adrenaline, time to move, time to change, get things done. And and there's been many different incidents in my life where I've had big seasons of burnout. House burns down, you know, adrenaline seasons take over. And like everyone, everyone has difficulties and challenges they've experienced. So I've had seasons where I burned out and got into a proper rhythm again, burned out, got into a proper rhythm burned out. But I will say at the end of last year, was the most burned out I've ever been in my life between our core business at Buffini Company, dozens of speaking engagements. I have several other businesses and a ton of investments that are their own business, a robust personal life and family life. And uh, during COVID, we used to build a training program every seven years at Buffini Company. We actually built four in 18 months. I used to do one broadcast every week for the podcast. During COVID, I was broadcasting all the time. I mean, it was just we had millions of people tuning in. A lot of people had a lot of questions, so we met that need. Again, everybody's got their own story and their own business. This is just where it, where it got to for me. It's only 104 podcasts, and uh, it's it's a lot on my plate. Anywho, I got fried. I got fried. And I'm going to talk in regards to the solutions today, how I got on fried. And now how I have some systems in place. I don't know how often I'll revisit burnout again. But if I, if I get myself burned out again, it will be because I ran a series of red lights. A red lights that I've established for myself and disciplines I've established for myself, routines I've established for myself, so that that doesn't happen again. Because I just basically got sick and tired. And at the end of the year, I finished the year with 18 pounds of weight gain by the end of the year. I had pneumonia. I started with the flu, turned into pneumonia, and finished up with COVID. Other than that, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? And then, uh, you know, didn't see my family over. I was quarantined over the entire holiday. So all my kids are home from college. Dad's down in the bedroom, bombarded in there and was there for three weeks. And that was like, it was was, sometimes you need the wake-up call. And that was a giant wake-up call for me. And I just said, I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. And so I made some major, major steps. And I'm going to walk you through that for me personally. I've studied a lot on the subject, and I really feel I got a handle on some things for myself, and maybe this will help you. I hope none of you are as burned out as I got by the end of last year, but if you even have semblances of burnout or elements of burnout, a friend or family member who's burned up, maybe these things will help. Believe it or not, the, the first thing I did to turn around burnout was I took control of my calendar. I would meet with my assistant, Jeanette, regularly on my calendar, but the calendar was responsive in nature. We were responding to the demands. I have demands coming at me from every angle. At the end of the year, right before the end of the year, I, when I got sick, O'Brien, oh, Brian, this one company, they're having a Teams conference and there's nobody coming to their Teams conference. Would you speak at the Teams conference so the event can fill up? So... I agreed to do that, but then I had to build a presentation, create a presentation, go out there and fly out and do the presentation, original content. Oh, by the way, another company we had a strategic alliance with said, oh, we didn't realize we have a gap in our marketing. Could you write, script, and direct 39 different videos, intros, outros, and promo videos for our joint partnership? Ah, okay. So I threw that on. Next thing you know, I've added six major things on on top of what had already been a hellaciously busy year and I'm fried. And the reason being is I was not in control of my calendar, and I committed the greatest flaw you can make for success, and that is to say yes to everything. And what happens is, I believe as we get more burned out and more tired and more worn out, we say yes to more things. It takes a lot to say no. You actually have to have not only the self-discipline, the self-control, but you have to have the structure in place to say no. For example, when you're feeling bad and you're overweight and you're putting on weight, you go, "Okay, what? Well, one more piece of pizza is not going to hurt me, or one more piece of pie is not going to hurt me, or one more cookie and a cup of tea is not going to hurt me." But in fact, that inability to say no is actually accelerating. That that to me is that's accelerating the speed of the crazy cycle, which is leading from just burnout to habitual burnout. So the first thing I did was take control of my calendar. By the way, just to be aware. I have taught on this for 20 years. I have lived this way for 20 years. But somehow during COVID, with not coming into the office and working from home and everything changing, one by one, the disciplines and routines that I had established for myself kind of went out the window. And the things that I've always done. So I took control of my own calendar. And I'm going to talk about that here in a second as far as that. why some people don't burn out. So the first thing I did was I put my priorities into my schedule first. So I put on weight. My health wasn't good. So my health went into my schedule, and it went in first. So now it's like, there's a blank month. I want you to wipe everything off, and I'm going to put my health in first. My family and relationship. Okay, Beverly and I. Oh, next thing you know, date night is starting to get, not date night once a week, but then date night once a month. Trips we take every quarter got slammed off the schedule. Why? Because there was no margin in the schedule. And so because of that, there was no time built together to do these things. So guess what? You start to feel the effects of that. From time with all my relationships, my God, myself, my wife, my family, I created space in my calendar for creative thinking. As opposed to, I'm just doing and doing and doing. You're going to notice continued elevation in the quality of these podcasts. Why? Not because I'm not going to produce the podcast at the rate I was, I'm producing them in a schedule that is conducive to creative thought, conducive to the kind of research it takes to do a great program or to have a great interview, have a great guest, create great original content, or to do Q and A that requires your full attention. So I created space. That's the first thing I did. Created space in my calendar, put my priorities into my calendar, began a few habits such as increased my daily workouts. Very intentional about what I eat and what I don't eat. And every single day, someone offers me multiple times an opportunity to eat something that I don't want to eat that doesn't make me healthy. So I've dropped 20 pounds, eating good stuff. I've dropped 20 pounds, increasing some exercise. I have introduced a little bit of daily meditation. I call it contemplative prayer. And it seems to not only help get the knots out of my rope, it helps me sleep better. And Now that I'm sleep better, I've had some blood work done, and it shows the human growth hormone is increased in my blood system. Why? Because I'm sleeping better. So I've introduced some of these daily habits. Better workouts, better eating, meditation, taking control of my calendar, and guess what? Now I'm in a spot where not only do I feel equipped for where I'm at, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling more enthusiastic. My attitude is better. My energy levels are higher. But now I also have hope for the future that I can maintain this. And I also am aware when the threats come, when the threats come to derail me. What are my trigger points? And so on and so forth. I'm sharing that with you today because as a guy who's keenly aware of this, a guy who really has emphasized five circle living and having balance and talking about it's a good life. I got to the point where I kind of burned myself out on the good life too much of a good thing is bad for you too much work too much speaking too much effort too much food too much rest all whatever it is and bit by bit restructured those things hit the reset button and now I'm looking forward to the next milestones of where I'm getting and what I'm doing I bought myself a suit yesterday that's probably 10 to 15 pounds less than where I am today so I'm gonna I have another goal, and my goal is to wear that at the company Christmas party. So little things like that. So we're going to talk today about why some people don't burn out. And the research all says they make time off a priority. They make time off a priority. And that has really been helpful for me and how I've structured my schedule and putting more time off into my schedule. And real time off. I'll do a day off, and then what I'll do is all these people who are asking me to meet or mentor them, or be on their board, or doctor's appointments. I fill it all up with that stuff. So my day off is busier than my day working. And so now what I have is I have time built into my schedule for all the catch-up stuff and all the errands and all the conversations. I'm saying no, to be honest with you, with more of these people who want to meet and want to have a conversation and want this. And until such time as I'm really firing on all cylinders, not going to do that. But now my day off is my day off, and uh, it feels pretty good. So what are the benefits of taking time off? We know this, it reduces stress, it gives you a chance to move physically, it reduces inflammation, boosts your immune system, improves sleep, increases creativity, improves focus, increases productivity, restores mental energy, and it adds years to your life. That's from Inc.com. I don't know why any of us would want that top 10. I'm talking about a real day off. You know, we have phones that have access to us all the time. And you might say, hey, I only talked to somebody for a couple of minutes, but it doesn't mean you might not spend the next two hours thinking about it. You're at your kid's ball game or your grandkid's ball game, and uh, you get a phone call. It's very easy for you to physically be there, but not mentally or emotionally be there. So I've started taking my cell phone, first of all, and I've mentioned this before, it, it does not charge in my bedroom, it's in my bathroom, it's on the sink. And if somebody's texting me or a message comes in or Putin invades another country, my phone's not waking me up in the middle of the night to let me know. Secondly. On my day off, the night before the day off, I take my phone, I put it on stun, and I throw it in the trunk of my car. Why? Because I currently don't have the discipline not to answer it when it goes off. Now, I don't go the whole day without it. I don't want you to get like a rash, like you're a junkie coming off something. But I want you to know that I actually take my phone and I take it out of my hands. And what I'll do is I'll go do the morning on my day off. Beverly and I work out together. We go get breakfast together. And after I shower and change, do a little meditation, read, Then around 11 or 12 o'clock, I'll go to the car and then I'll check in on my phone. But like really having a day off. So the second thing I want to talk to you about, which might be unusual for you, I'm dealing with burnout, but the studies show that people who work on their EQ do much better with burnout than those who don't. And EQ is emotional intelligence. You've heard of IQ, EQ, and that was the concept first developed by Dr. Daniel Goleman. If you want to go all the way back to the very, very start of our podcast five plus years ago, episode 14 of the very first series, which was then called The Brian Buffini Show, we did an interview with Daniel Goleman. He talks about this, and and it's very powerful. His definition of EQ, emotional intelligence, is the capacity to be aware of, control, and express one's emotions, and to handle interpersonal relationships judiciously and empathically. So the capacity to be aware of, control, and express one's emotions. Why? Burnout has a physical component, it has a mental component, but ultimately it leads to an emotional state. And that emotional state requires something to happen. I need to do something. That's where people seek comfort food or booze or other forms to try to get up or get back up from that emotional state. But in personal relationships are really the most important ground. Because relationships are the single biggest sources of burnout or the single biggest sources of joy. The closer the relationship, the more intense the emotions. We know that. When they're off kilter, the greater the heartburn. And similarly, when you work on your EQ, relationships can and will be your biggest sense of restoration and joy. This is a great source of restoration. This is a great source of energy is when your relationships are where you want them to be. So we need to do a little bit of work. When was the last time you or I did a little bit of work on that subject? So maybe we want to read Daniel Goleman's book. Maybe we do some of the exercises so that we have a little bit more emotional capacity for our most important relationships. Personally, when I'm burned out and fried, Mr. Motivator, funny man, has a tendency to become critical. You know, we talk about the real strengths. I have an attribute called refiner. Refiner makes things better. Well, When the refiner's burned out, he notices things that need to get improved. And so, hey, we need to do that, and boy, can we do this, and can we do that, and how come the company can do this, and wake this, and Beverly, have we tried this? And it comes off to me as refinement, but it comes off to everyone else as critical. Because when you're burnt out, you don't have the reserves, you don't have the control with which to communicate it. The energy of restraint. Restraint requires a lot of energy. And so we need to build up our energy so we can restrain. And by the way, when we restrain, we don't then suffer the consequences of what drains our energy, especially in relationships. And so when I'm being critical or short, those things don't play out well. And whether it's in colleagues at work, whether it's loved ones, most importantly with myself. And like I mentioned in episode one, it was a drive home with my son Adam and said, Dad, You're really, really down on yourself. Like I say, out of the mouth of babes. Sometimes you got to pay attention to that stuff. It becomes a crazy cycle because then the negativity grows. You know, positivity doesn't grow out of negativity. You have to stop the crazy stuff and do the stuff that makes you feel better physically, emotionally, well being. Get your time off, invest in your relationships, connect, connect with yourself. My favorite Michael Jackson song was The Man in the Mirror. I think of the words often. I think of the song often when it says, I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. I think about that song when I'm shaving a lot of times. No message could be any clearer. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make a change. And I do want to make the world a better place. We have a mission at Buffini Company, impact and improve the lives of people. This passion to do the podcast called It's a Good Life is not a monetary passion, but it's a passion of mine to come and meet you. And one of the things that's really surprised me and I love about the podcast business is even though I'm broadcasting here today and hundreds of thousands of people will listen to this, it's a very intimate form of communication. You're more than likely listening to this by yourself. Maybe you're out walking the dog or you're working out. So it's very, very powerful. For me, taking a look at the man in the mirror or the woman in the mirror and asking them to make the change. I want to impact and improve your life. I want to impact and improve as many people's lives as I can, as long as the good Lord has me here. But in order to do that, I need to take a look at myself and make the change. If I'm impacting and improving the lives of people as a burned-out guy, the advice might be a little burned out. The encouragement might be flavored with some burnout. And so I don't want to do that to you or anybody else. You know, in the old school, we used to call... Taking responsibility. You need to take responsibility for your health. You need to take responsibility for your finances. Take responsibility for your relationships. New school, they call it ownership. And I like it. I like that term. You can call it what you want, but if you want to make a profound change in your relationships, you have to show up as the very best version of yourself. You know, I've just seen in the last several months how much nicer Beverly is. (laughs) She hasn't changed at all. I mean, if any, the most consistent person on planet Earth is my wife. <laughs> talk to my parents every Monday. I call them, and then we might talk once or twice more in a week. But every Monday, I'm always calling them. I drive in. I'm having a chat. And uh, we get through all the business and what's going on. And my dad will always say, how's Beverly? <laughs> and my answer for 32 years is, she's great. <laughs> she's like the sunrise. So she's real consistent. I've noticed how great Beverly's attitude is here lately because my attitude's improved. She unchanged. not changed she unchanged. I'm the one who's done the changing. I can say that for everybody. As I've become aware of where I was, took a major timeout, 28 days, called a timeout, worked on my health, worked on content, really went to work on myself, went to work on my golf game, went to work, period, uh, around the clock on a, a real immersion program, and then came back. And while I was there, built some real structures, structures in my schedule, how I work out, how I eat, how I exercise, how I play golf, how I interact with my bride, vacations, time off, travel, all of that. The bucket list, and I'm really excited. For those of you coming to Mastermind this year, we have Ben Nempton, who we've had on this podcast. is going to give us a kind of a next-level bucket list. I am fired up to see my bucket list develop and grow and pursue that. I think of the the quote from uh, an author named Travis Bradbury. He said, emotional intelligence is your ability to recognize and understand emotions in yourself and others. And your ability to use this awareness to manage your behavior and relationships. Very powerful. The next thing that folks who don't experience burnout very often do is they celebrate all wins. This is powerful stuff. A gentleman right here in Carlsbad, California, Dr. Mark Foreman. He's actually a pastor of a huge church. Uh, He has a couple of boys in the famous band Switchfoot. But his dissertation was actually on burnout. And he said the best way to beat burnout is to celebrate all victories no matter how small. Well, guess what? My brother Dermot and I kid around, we call ourselves the Celebration Brothers because that is just not in our DNA. It's not where we come from. Culturally, it's not where we come from. Growing up at home, it's not what we did. But now we've learned to celebrate the smaller victories and are learning to celebrate the smaller victories because without it, you burn yourself up, but really you burn out the people around you. And sometimes people do need a little aliboy and a little celebration. So for me, it's kind of a discipline, but it's one that I understand is very, very important. A big deal. You know, I recently got off with a, a friend of mine. He's a finance executive. He was actually the asset manager of one of the largest investment firms in the world to start his own company. And I said, Why, Why'd you do that? And he said, Well, the company I was with, it just eventually burnt me out because nothing was ever good enough for them. We never celebrated any success, no matter how big or significant a year we had, or a quarter we had, or an investment cycle we had. Nothing was ever good enough, and he said, it burnt me out, and it burnt out a lot of people around me, so when I formed my own company, a whole bunch of people from that company joined me. It goes to show you, there isn't an amount of money that can replace celebration, reward, because it's part of the good life, and it's part of the good life that I typically miss out on because I don't think of it, but going forward, I've made a commitment to find those moments to celebrate and acknowledge. The last thing I want to cover with you today is how to beat burnout. Here's a couple of quick tips if this helps you. Acknowledge that you are burnt out. It's okay. So are a lot of people, especially following the last two to three years. A great anonymous quote is, uh, you're not required to set yourself on fire to keep other people warm. You know, we all do it. We all have a tendency to kind of burn ourselves out serving other people. Another tip would be to create more space in your daily routine. Your daily routine. Just create space, a little bit of margin for yourself, for unexpected events, leave a little bit of margin. Do not have back to back to back to back, oh, from 9.30 to 10.30, and from 10.30 to 11.30. Do not do that to yourself. Build margin, build little breaks. A writer, Michael Hyatt, said, you must create more margin so you have room for what's important, not merely urgent. And then lastly, say yes to your priorities and no to anything else. Believe it or not, to me, everything starts with the calendar, because the calendar then reflects my priorities. I'm putting my priorities in my calendar. And then I know what to say yes to, and then I know what to say no to. I have a sign on my desk. Now, what was interesting is over time, things started to come in front of that sign, and that sign went to the back of my computer in the corner of my office. It used to be prominently spayed in front of me every single day. And it was a picture and a quote from Warren Buffett. And it's interesting that that somehow got pushed to the back. But he said the difference between successful people and really, really successful people is that really successful people say no to almost everything. I got into a season where I said no to almost everything. Hmm. No wonder. No wonder. And I still wanted the same quality, and I still wanted the same expertise, and I still wanted the same results as if I was saying no to many things. And so I'm going to say this to you as I finish up here today. I am currently beating burnout, but you never defeat burnout. Schedules get crazy. Life gets nuts. The unexpected always happens. But the disciplines in your life give you something to fall back on. So after you take whatever setback you can, get right back on the horse. As the prophet Rocky Babo once said, life is not how hard you hit, but how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. The fact of the matter is, we're all going to get knocked sideways. There's always going to be reasons to have more on our plate than we should. What I will say this to you is that I've made a commitment to myself and to my bride and to my family, to my God, to my staff, and I make this commitment to all of you, that I'm going to be a person who's going to continually monitor the signs of burnout in my own life. I'm going to continually reconvene and reconnect with those things that fuel me Eating well, exercising well, meditation, taking control of my calendar, building margin into my schedule, time for my bride, time for my family, time for my hobbies, time for myself, time for creative thought to do my best work and say no to more and more and more things and control my schedule and direct my good life because no one else is going to direct my good life or yours. No one's going to knock on your door and say, I've got the good life waiting for you someone's going to knock on your door and they're going to create an opportunity to have more demand on your schedule. And more and more demand and the more and more things we say yes to means we're actually draining the good life out of ourselves. So I've been very transparent with you guys today because this is, this is fresh for me. I'm without excuse. I teach on this stuff. I've been living this stuff for years. And even with all of that in the midst of all of this, I got off track, fell off the wagon. And fell off the wagon so hard I had to have One of my own kids raised the alarm. But once the alarm was raised, then I got to work. And I went back to the very things I've had in the past, and now I'm operating it at a more efficient and effective level than I ever have. I don't believe I'll ever beat burnout because I have the type of personality that loves the adrenaline, that loves to be the solution, that loves to jump in and do the things I know I'm capable of doing. And the more energy I have, the more capacity I have. However, I've also tasted how bitter that burnout life is, and I want no part of it. So hopefully these two sessions together, how to beat burnout one and how to beat burnout two, have been a blessing to you. Maybe expose you to where you're a little bit burnout or a lot. Maybe someone in your life is. But ultimately, we have a chance, like the man in the mirror, and make the changes we need to. I hope this has been helpful for you. This is really helping me live the good life, and we want you to live your best one too. And as part of living the best life, the person I always have margin for in my life is my mother, Therese. And we can never have enough blessing in our life And today she's going to leave us with an Irish blessing. Listen to it as if it's the first time you've ever heard it. Over to you, ma'am. May the road rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields, and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.